The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. It is a pleasure to be spending time with you on this beautiful West Texas day. I am sitting here in my office inside Rig ID Workwear with Kaylee Kennedy. Kaylee is the engineering manager at Baker Hughes for the completions and wellbore intervention. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me here today. Kaylee, it is such a pleasure to spend this time with you. And before we get started, I know we have so much to talk about. I first want to ask everyone to help our show out. We're a new show. We want to ask everyone to take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes. We are so appreciative of the reviews we've received so far and for Apple choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have a special thanks to one of our listeners for this awesome five-star review. This is what he or she had to say. A great new podcast that focuses on the people that are behind and making possible the incredible developments in oil and gas in the basin. Thank you so much, CW1410. That's why I didn't know if it was a he or she. <laughs> CW, whoever you are, thank you, thank you, thank you for that great review. All right. Kaylee Kennedy is with us today. Kaylee, thank you so much for spending this time with us. First of all, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Thanks again for having me, Krista. So as you introduced me, my name is Kaylee, and I am the accent might be a little bit funny for you all to hear. So I was just saying the good thing about a podcast is that you could pause and you could rewind if you can't understand me. But um, I love the accent. I love you. it. Where are you from? I'm originally from Scotland. Well, I say that I grew up there, but I was born in the States. So I was born in South Dakota. Um, my dad is actually from Georgia and my mom's from New Zealand. So I'm a little bit of a fake Scottish person, but I grew up there from the age of four. So it's home to me, really. So I started with Baker Hughes after finishing university in Edinburgh. I studied at Heriot Watt and I studied chemistry. And then I joined the oil and gas industry right out of school when Baker Hughes took me on as one of their graduate engineers. And I worked in the North Sea for about three and a half years before the opportunity came up for the Permian. So I moved to Midland, Texas about two years ago. Welcome. Have, thank you. And have loved every second of it. So when you were going to school, did you know that you were going to go into oil and gas or was there something that you were studying for chemistry that you just thought, okay, this is what I want to do? That's a great question. And honestly, no, I did not. So I grew up in a small town called Glenrothes, which is about 45 minutes from Edinburgh. And Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland and it's not the oil and gas capital. Aberdeen <laughs> is. So a little bit sheltered, I would say, from the oil and gas industry and I didn't know much about it and I joined as a chemist and I was actually working towards research. So I did my undergraduate and my master's in chemistry and during that time I'd spent a couple of summers doing research. So for the university university itself and I was actually going to stay on and do my PhD but around my master's year the chemistry school is actually part of the engineering school at the university that I went to. So a lot of my friends were applying for these oil and gas jobs. And at the time, my stepdad had just recently taken on a job up in Aberdeen. So kind of my first experience and introduction to the oil field and the university I went to 
tried to keep the kind of careers fair separate. So mm-hmm. one day I snuck into the engineering careers fair and started to meet with some oil and gas companies and was fortunate enough to meet a lady at the Baker Hughes stand who had actually been a chemist as well at the same university it was meant to be meant to be mm-hmm. and she had left maybe two or three years prior but I'd spent some time studying with her she was one of the seniors doing you know tutoring and things mm-hmm. and I took a chance and I applied and was fortunate and and got taken on right out of university so I had no idea what I was getting myself into honestly but I've never looked back what was it that hooked you about oil and gas? And and of course, such a great company to work mm-hmm. for, Baker Hughes. What was it that you said, oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. So at the time, I'd mentioned I was doing research. So I was in the lab a lot and I'm quite an outgoing person. And I felt like I was in a position that required me to spend hours on end myself, talking to myself, singing to myself or, <laughs> um, and just working on reactions. And And honestly, at the time I was working for a doctor at the university and I started to see academic can be quite academic. People who have right. spent time in academics will understand what I mean in the sense that they, they don't have much outside industry experience, which is especially true in sciences, really. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I was going to narrow myself, maybe go back to education later in my career. But I honestly wanted to just step outside of my comfort zone. And Baker Hughes offers this graduate program that takes on physical scientists, geologists, geography majors, as well as, you know, engineers. And they take them and train them up. And it was a chance for me really just to try something completely different and and see how good my math was from university and, and take on an engineering role. So I really was looking for the challenge. And a couple of service companies at the time had, you know, expressed, oh, maybe you should go back and do your master's in engineering. And it kind of pushed me away. And, and Baker Hughes was one that absolutely did not do that. And challenge accepted. So I love I, that. I, I took it on and yeah, they've been very good to me. Fantastic. So you've been here two years. How is the Permian different from the UK? <laughs> very different. So the US in general, is, I mean, we're, we're very close to the UK and the US, but Culturally very different, um, especially in West Texas, but it has been wonderful, a wonderful experience, life experience, career experience, just all round. And then in terms of working environment, I joined Baker in 2013 and the North Sea was booming, oil field was booming. I remember my first week there, it was offshore Europe, which is a huge event, a week long event in Aberdeen. And every hotel was booked out every airbnb every bnb and the hotel prices were what you see in the permian now right <laughs> through the roof right <laughs> so it was like it was a crazy time and a lots of time offshore and and just busy working environment but that being said the offshore market is very well planned thought out long-term projects so my experience with baker and with oilfield when i moved here was very different mm-hmm. i was used to having time to plan things and and think ahead and logistically it's it's a lot different you've got larger challenges the equipment you send to location needs to go on boats and ships and things Mm -hmm. and it takes time to get to a rig site and also the money involved in it is is much greater so people spend that time I mean we were working on projects in 2013 that didn't come to fruition until 2015 so a long long time Mm -hmm. and then I moved to the Permian and Bear in mind, when I started with Baker, I started with one small division. You get tunnel vision and you focus on that. And uh, the oil field's a very, very big business. So I moved to the Permian and took on all of completion and well intervention, which is a lot of sub-product lines and a lot of tools and equipment and services. And the pace was 
like something I'd never seen before. <laughs> I often say it felt like I had whiplash. I arrived here and I was like, okay, you needed equipment and you needed it yesterday. Right. And we need to be on location now. And it was very interesting, just completely different. And that's a great point to to bring up when, when you're in the Permian, it seems like everybody needed everything yesterday. 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 Yep. So tell me, explain what you do in your job day to day that you know, maybe if you could just, you know, tell us a little bit about the inside of what Absolutely. you do. So I mentioned I joined the graduate program for Baker mm-hmm. Hughes and that, like I said, takes their graduate engineers or scientists, whoever it may be, backgrounds in that area through a three-year structured program and it's called LEAD or now Aspire and it's for field engineers. So very structured and the, the point of the program is to get technically sound engineers. So they start in the workshop building tools from the ground up learning how they go together, all the internal workings, and then they take that to the field. And then in the field, they learn how to run the tools. So they're at the well site. And then from there, they support in the office and they're troubleshooting any problem jobs. They are helping plan jobs and they get exposure to commercial so sales roles. And the idea is kind of fast track to upper management or that's what they always tell you. Right. So finishing that program, I'd you know, got to dabble in quite a few things within the company. And coming here, I actually moved in a sales role. I took that on for about a year. And then at the time, we were still, you know, the Permian's building up and picking up very quickly. And our engineering team, it's, you know, seen a lot of turnover and we needed to hire up. So I took on the role as Permian engineering manager for the CWI group, which is Completions and Wellbore Intervention. And I've been building the team and what I do is I manage a bunch of uh, graduate engineers. So the majority of my team is actually graduate level engineers just coming out of college. Keen. Which is where you were six years ago, yeah. right? Or <laughs> yeah, around that. Exactly. Very keen, eager to get out there. And then I've also got more senior engineers. So people who've been through the program, who've held multiple roles within the company and now are applications level engineers. So we support operations. They're our customer, which in turn is where all of the customers in the Permian are our customer. Sorry, that was a tongue tie. <laughs> um, so everything from you've had a problem on the drilling rig and you need mm-hmm. to fish, conventional fishing, we do that, right through to enhanced oil recovery, intelligent production systems, wellbore construction, and so on and so, f- so forth. So the team that I manage cover a, a very broad range of product lines within completion and well intervention. And on a day-to-day basis, they're either in the workshop, building tools, they're in the field, running jobs, they're modeling for pre-job modeling and they're troubleshooting and meeting with customers. So a lot of things. We wear yes. many hats. It sounds like it. Fantastic. And I love that you've worked your way up with Baker. And Thank it you. seems like when I do speak to many that do work for Baker Hughes, they they do love to hire within and mm-hmm. promote and keep you know keep you there. Absolutely. Uh, they know when they've got a good one like you. So Thank so you. Tell me, what advice would you give to young lady that maybe is considering going into engineering or chemistry like mm-hmm. your background and going to the oil and gas business? What advice would you give to them about the business? Absolutely. I think to start like with a science major, so just a chemist in general, if oil and gas is something that you're passionate about or you even have an interest in, reach out, ask questions, sneak into engineering careers fairs, (laughs) whatever it may be, because a lot of your core classes are the same, really. Mm -hmm. The math, the thermodynamics, all of these classes that you take as an engineer, you take as a chemist. So I would definitely encourage people to, to think outside of the the box of research potentially and and get your feet wet and get into industry because that's your life experience I feel that's your 
I feel like to me it was my real job like you know leaving university and and joining the oil field so that would be my advice to uh, scientists who maybe don't know how to break into the industry there's a place for everybody the the industry like I said is very large you've got research within oil and gas you have chemical labs you have you know geologist positions and across the board so there's Mm -hmm. there's room for everybody and then in terms of you know potentially like young females baker really sponsors a lot of STEM and I think that's that's awesome and excellent and it's really for everybody it's to encourage people to you know get into science technology engineering and mathematics and there should be a focus for everybody really and my advice would just be don't be afraid to take on a challenge and even when people say oh you you know you can't do that or you haven't done it just challenge the status quo. Speaking of challenges what have been some of the biggest challenges that you have seen in your career so far that have gotten you to where you are today? Honestly, I think I've been very fortunate. I've worked with a lot of amazing people, amazing managers. And then you also get the, you know, not so good people you work with, but I think it's all learning. And now as a, you know, relatively young manager and and new in my position, I often think back to those times when somebody's dealt with a situation really well and I've admired them. And and another time when I thought I would not handle a situation like that. And I try and think about that a lot and it helps me keeps me you know on the right path normally and there's times I've done things I think I maybe shouldn't have done that or I could do that better next time so biggest challenges is just you know taking it in your stride and I think I've learned to take advice and criticism it definitely used to bother me you know when I first started in the industry and it does um, all of us in the I know, beginning. <laughs> it's so so healthy it um, is you're right and sometimes people will be wrong and they're and it's it's not right but take it on board think about it and there's often conversations or you know heated conversations maybe or just (laughs) long conversations I've had when I was training offshore with supervisors or in the workshop and I learned so much from those people specifically Mm -hmm. now that I think back I think that was some of the best advice I ever got so not challenges as such but I look back now and think more fondly of them than during the actual moment itself. Right. Good, good learning, learning times in your life. Absolutely. Tell me, what do you do with your team? Because you've been there and and you're dealing now with these young people that are Mm -hmm. just fresh and eager and ready to go tackle the world. How do you motivate them? What is your advice to them when when you're first getting your feet in the door? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I'm very thankful every day that the new graduates are so eager and keen to do things. It definitely helps when you're, you know, just starting in your career it's a it's a lot of hard work and it should be honestly mm-hmm. you need to learn from the ground up and and that's what the workshop time does for you and building tools and I think quite often the perception is that you know engineers or people don't want to get their hands dirty and I would say that's not true for the majority of my guys they're they're great mm-hmm. um and they want to learn and they want to be hands-on so my encouragement is normally you know get stuck in and and learn as much as you can and ask as many questions it doesn't matter how stupid you may think they are ask them because if you don't you won't learn and if you don't make mistakes then you won't learn from them so just to get out there and get stuck in really and and that typically helps but there's times you know it's hard and this industry is a hard industry and it's fast paced and it's very hot here <laughs> and people are in the field so trying to give them balance and and guide them through tough situations but we work with amazing people and I, I have to thank all the people who are in operations and who are in you know the workshops assembly maintenance and overhaul that guide them because I don't get to spend every minute of my day with each of them to do those things and there's certainly people in the company that have a lot more experience in those areas so 
I do rely heavily on the, the team around me to help motivate them and get them involved in things. Fantastic. You mentioned it's hot here. Yes, West Texas is hot if you're living <laughs> on the other side of the world listening to us. Mm-hmm. What do you think makes the Permian so great? Honestly, I was talking to a colleague about this earlier and I do really think that the people here have been wonderful and have made my time, you know, getting acclimated here a lot easier. And I mean that outside of work. I've met some fantastic, you know, friends for life sort of people. But in terms of career and personal growth, there is, there's so much for your career here. Mm -hmm. And I think young professionals who are in oil and gas and who are potentially getting the opportunity to come to the Permian should 100% take that opportunity this is where it's happening and we hear a lot you know people's perception oh we're not going to like it there or I don't want to move there and I think that's really sad because they're Mm -hmm. missing out honestly I would not have had the opportunities that I have had had it been for me staying in Aberdeen you know if I if I hadn't come here I wouldn't have had those opportunities and I'm forever thankful when I think back to when they offered me the position to come to the Permian at the time the director in Aberdeen didn't want me to move but he'd said to me oh you know there's somebody in the Permian and they're they're looking at you and they really want to offer you a job to come out there and I said 100% I'm going to do it everybody was like why why do you want to do it and I was like well Aberdeen is not picking up it's still slow I'm not going to learn anything state I mean I'm going to continue to grow but not at the pace that I want mm-hmm. to and I'm ready for a change and and then I remember speaking to the the gentleman over here the director at the time about coming to the Permian and he was, you know, he was selling it. He was like, it's sunny, <laughs> you know, all of this stuff work and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I have visited here before. And he was like, oh, please still take the job. <laughs> because I think people come and they see desert and they, you know, automatically, right. you know, think that it's not going to be a good place. And it 100% is. But It, it um, grows on you. Absolutely. But the career opportunities and development are here. Mm-hmm. And I would strongly advise people who are getting the opportunity or who, feel like they need something else and want to get experience, this is the place to be. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about where everyone sees the Permian going. I know that, you know, we all wish we could just kind of go, oh yeah, this is going to, you know, oil's going to skyrocket to this and that and, and throw mm-hmm. these numbers out. Where do you see it and how does that play a role in your business? Honestly, I feel that, I mean, the oil and gas industry is very cyclical and it's, it comes up and it's going to come down and things. But where we're currently at, I think, you know, BHD is a company, our business is based on what our customers are doing as well. So we do pivot a lot and, and my department touches, you know, the drilling rig, the wireline units, the coil units, workover units. So I'm very fortunate in that sense that completions and well intervention plays a part in all mm-hmm. of that and there's times that you know we're busier on the call unit side for work over and drilling out frack plugs and and clean outs versus you know drilling a hell drilling ahead on a drilling rig and completing the well with liner hangers and things so right. I've seen shifts over the last two years but we are still growing which is great so I see our, I see us continuing to to be busy and working over the next couple of years whether that means our operators you know drop a little bit on rig count, but maybe do more on the workover side and trying to enhance production on some of the wells that they've lost production over the years. Again, it depends what each operator is doing. And there's some that were drilling ahead, especially last year, and had a lot more wells completions sitting as ducks. So they were basically waiting to complete them. But there is pipeline constraints. And I will not pretend and say I'm an expert in that area. And I certainly have 
a lot of educating myself to do on that. But I am not concerned that Permian's going to go away anytime soon, right. honestly. I'm with you. It's not going, we're here to stay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some business tools that have helped you in your life. Do you have any in particular that you would say really have helped you get to where you are today? So in terms of business tools, honestly, Baker Hughes has been my biggest business tool. Um, I started my career with them and I'm still with them to this day. And networking has been one of the, you know, the big things for me within the company. Mm -hmm. Um, I've met people from all over the world that helped me, you know, transition when I did get the opportunity to move internationally, as well as communicate internally with different, you know, product lines, different departments to learn things and you know improve things within my department so if that kind of answers your question I would say networking is a huge thing absolutely Um, that's a great tool and it's it's not just about you know the happy hours and the socializing it's it's you know having that conversation with somebody in work that does something that you don't know anything about because there's so many times that you know I've had a brief conversation with somebody and then months later I've thought I wonder if that person will know what I need or who I need to speak to and they have right and that has helped me the best the most actually being resourceful and and reaching out and I'm not afraid to ask people you maybe don't know and and get to know them and and whatnot so maybe not so much a business tool but one of my business tools if that if that kind of answers your question great I love that one and that one's free is free (laughs) networking is free you just go talk to people and get to know them and build those relationships i think that is a key in any business it might cost you a coffee once in a moment but that's it (laughs) that's about it (laughs) what about podcasts or books do you have any favorites that you listen to so and people who know me and may listen to this after will laugh if I talk about my book club because I am a repeat offender for not reading the books at book club and they're forever forgiving me and letting me attend which I'm always thankful for but something we've started recently with you know Jamie Butler and the, and the team is you know kind of passing around more professional books and I would say there's not one that's really sticking out to me just yet, but I'm kind of just getting my feet wet there and reading a lot. And my advice would be do read a lot. And I encourage you to read about the business and where it's going and podcasts like this for, you know, your local area. Um, Mm. There's a lot of names on there and people that, you know, you can learn something from. So 100% try and you know, branch out and, and find things. And there's always the, you know, the top 10 bestsellers and things, but most of the books that I've, you know, heard about as of late has been with work. So we've mm-hmm. kind of started this internal book club. And um, Jamie's the best at that. She yeah. has so many wonderful books that she reads. And I, I love hearing what she's reading and what, you know, yeah, what, she, the, what your team is reading. She passed out some good ones and I ended up picking Girl, Stop Apologizing, which makes me laugh. So I've, I'm halfway through and so far so good. So. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, that's fantastic. What about your path. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? What is your goal in the oil and gas business? I am on a great path just now. Um, Well, I feel that. You are. You're doing great. Yeah. (laughs) Personally and professionally, I've been very fortunate. I've had to work hard and there's definitely a lot more work to be done and six years in and I I think when I can retire and it's a long way from now. So (laughs) you're very young. Yes. (laughs) I I hope it continues in the direction it's been and I've been very fortunate to have holds you know several different positions with the company and there's a lot to be said about you know sticking with something something for a period of time to really you know grasp it and master it because Mm -hmm. quite often in a large company when you're progressing and you you know you're a potential you'll you'll maybe move positions sometimes a little bit quicker than you would have liked and you kind of just 
just mastered it and you're trying to you know hone your skills and perfect them so you're like I just got that down yeah and now like I'm, come on now I'm but going <laughs> I will say I'm definitely I've been open to a lot of you know change and and opportunities like the Permian when they come up and I certainly am open to travel with the company globally and you know progress up in the career, my career so I hope these keep, keep coming and it'll certainly be lots of yeses from me but it has to make sense right? it has to mm-hmm. make sense professionally and personally and this position I took on was you know an opportunity to manage a team get closer to operations again which was where my heart was honestly and I really missed it when I was in my sales role although that was amazing experience commercial experience and a great introduction to the Permian and I could see myself you know going back into that kind of role later in my career but yeah I've definitely like what I'm doing currently and excited to see how my team grow over the next year and, and how they progress because they're the pipeline and, and the future. So fantastic. Do you have a favorite quote that you live by? Oh my goodness. You knew I was going to ask that, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing again. And my colleague that I keep referring to, she'll laugh when she, she listens to this because she does listen to all your all of the podcasts. Oh, on I your love podcast. hearing that. Um, <laughs> Thank you uh, for listening. And we normally have a quote off at our team meetings, which is so funny. Like we Google every quote and we quote them off. So I'm trying to think of my favorite one. Talent is nothing without hard work is probably one of my biggest ones. You could be the best at something, but if you don't care and you don't apply yourself and you don't work hard, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. And people will see through that and they'll find somebody who's maybe that C plus student or whatever they may be who cares and applies himself. And I live by that every day. I think you have to work hard to get what you what you want in life Mm -hmm. and you can't just rely on your your talent for it. Right. That is so true because you could have all the talent in the world, but let it sit there and do nothing mm-hmm. with it. And what's going to happen? Yeah. Nothing. Yes. Fantastic. Is there any piece of advice that you would like to give someone that's on a similar journey as you? So again, just anybody who's potentially, you know, swithering on the idea to take up that, you know, scary move or opportunity elsewhere or mainly, you know, move country or, you know, like you moved a long way. Yeah, I moved a long way. <laughs> and everybody laughs. I'm like, did you stop in Houston first? I'm like, nope. I flew right from Aberdeen, right to Midland. And I'm, again, I'm forever thankful for that. So my advice would be, you know, think about it. It's obviously a big decision and sometimes it's not for everybody, but network, reach out, ask people, find out what their experience has been and, and really think about what you want in your career and personal life and, and say yes and take the opportunities that would be my biggest advice and, and work hard while you're doing it. Fantastic. Before we leave, is there anything that you wanted to get across to our listeners when you knew that you were coming in to sit down for this podcast and you thought, oh, I hope I hope I get this out and maybe I haven't asked you that question yet? No, I think I think you have. And I think I'll just re- reiterate it again. But Permian is the place to be. And and honestly, I, I have loved it here. There'll be some people who roll their eyes. Yeah, yeah, sure. But no, I really have. And I say Scotland's home but when I'm home and I'm coming back I'm I'm that you know I'm always saying to my family I'm I'm happy to get home again and I'm talking about the Permian so lots of opportunity here it's a hundred percent what you make of it you can you know go anywhere in life and and not be happy if you decide to you know not make it a positive experience and learn from it so yeah tons of opportunity and and here it is the place to be 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us. It has been a pleasure to sit down with you today, Kaylee, and we hope that you stay in the Permian for a while. Thank I know you. that you you're a you're a shining star there in Baker Hughes and I know I know you're going to keep on climbing. Hopefully we can keep you here a little longer in the Permian uh, be- you. before you head out on your next adventure, but we appreciate you sharing this time and wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We now get to announce who our community MVP is. And I really am excited about this one. Today, we have community MVPs. That's right, plural. They're all the golfers who participated in the annual Oil Patch Kids Golf Tournament this past weekend. Now, hundreds of golfers showed up for the 25th annual Oil Patch Kids Golf Tournament at Hogan Park Golf Course. It truly is a wonderful event. I've had the honor of participating in it for several years with my son, and it is so much fun, and they feed you like every three holes. It's fantastic. Since its founding in 1994, Oil Patch Kids has raised over $1.6 million to support our Permian Basin children and youth Wonderful organizations like Communities in Schools, Girl Scouts of the Southwest, Boys and Girls Club, High Sky Children's Ranch, Harmony Home, YMCA, the list goes on. They have benefited from the Oil Patch Kids, and we cannot thank all of you enough who made it possible with your generous support and great, great show of support over the years. So there you go. Today's Community MVPs the Oil Patch Kids Golf Tournament. Well, that concludes today's show. A special thank you to Baker Hughes, a GE company, inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. And I want to thank all of you again for sharing this time with us. I know you have a choice. We appreciate you listening and sharing it with your friends and giving us those five-star reviews. We really couldn't do this without all of you. And, And you're the reason why we're here. So if there's somebody you want to hear from, please let me know. Send us a message. Send us a review. We would love to hear from the people that you want to hear about in the Permian Basin. So this concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Remember my motto, dream big and always believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Okay, before heading into the event on deck for July, I have a few OGGN announcements. We moved our happy hours to quarterly, and so the Houston and... Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. We have the Argentina Oil, Gas, and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura. And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 IPANM annual meeting July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is addressing operators' needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk Derek Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below. And last but not least, Summer Nape is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas to where the deals happen. 
Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.